We are in the Sermon on the Mount. We've looked at chapter 5, the Beatitudes, and Jesus' discussion about the law. He's been really talking about what it means to get into the kingdom, and also critiquing in some ways how the Pharisees, the scribes, and others uh, look at the law and think about their faith. And, and Jesus is continuing those themes as we jump in to Matthew chapter 6. Now, before I read the scripture, Matthew 6, 1 through 18, uh, just a couple of observations. First, verse 1 is the theme for this entire section. So pay attention to it. It sort of sets the tone as Jesus says, be careful uh, living out your faith, your spirituality uh, in front of people. Because you don't want to be hypocritical where it's just on the outside. And he gives the example of giving to the needy, prayer, and fasting. So there's these three issues that he hits to expand on what he says in chapter 1. Notice, too, as I read this, how repetitive it is, that, that he's going to repeat the same pattern, that he's going to make an observation, uh, an observance. Uh, he's going to talk about giving the needy prayer and fasting. And then he's going to say, be careful when you do that, and, and he's going to prohibit certain behaviors related to it. Um, and then he's going to talk about the intent, so that um, uh, the intent that you have when you do these things the wrong way. And then he's going to say, amen, or, or it's often translated here, it's often translated truly, uh, and then their reward they've already gotten. So there's an observance, a prohibition about it, uh, getting the intent right, amen, and the reward on this earth. They've had their reward. Then you're going to give it, he's going to give an alternative observance, a different way of doing it, and then talk about the Father's reward. Okay, so watch for that pattern as I read in Matthew chapter 6. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward for, from your Father who is in heaven. That's the big theme. Now, Listen to it as the pattern is repeated over those three issues. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as do the hypocrites, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what the right hand is doing, so that giving, your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees you will reward you in secret." And when you pray, here's the next issue, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go to your, to your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases like the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask. Pray then like this, and this should sound familiar. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And when you fast, here we go, issue number three, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, 
for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So the big idea here is your motives. Okay, it, it's your, your thinking behind what you're doing. And you got to be careful that you don't live out your spirituality, your practices, your disciplines, your relationship with God so that other people can see it. That's always a temptation. Always a temptation to, to do what other people will see as holy. To say the right words, to look good on the outside. But Jesus says, no, 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 that's not what spirituality is really about. We have a word for this. We, we call it a, a hypocrite, somebody who acts one way, but actually on the inside believes something else. But in Jesus' day, hypocrite wasn't the, just the word that it means today. It was actually the original metaphor. Okay? A hypocrite in Jesus' day was a play actor in Greek plays. So it was somebody who, in the theater, dresses like and acts like somebody else. Okay, it was a play actor, a pretender. Jesus is saying, don't be like an actor. Don't be like a pretender. Don't do it for other people. And he gives these three examples. First, give to the needy. Don't sound trumpets. Okay, don't make a big deal out of it. And in these, these first two, Jesus talks about in the synagogue and on the corner. In other words, in private when you're with your church and in public when you're out there in the community, the street corners. Don't, don't blow trumpets. Don't make a big deal out of your giving. Just be quiet. Give in secret. In fact, don't even let your right hand know what the left hand is doing. That's another one of those phrases from the Sermon on the Mount that we still use today, but that actually come from Jesus. And of course, it's a silly idea. How could you not let your left hand know what the right hand... I mean, but what he's saying is he's using this extreme sort of image of your right hand and your left hand to say, look... It's not about people knowing that you're giving to the needy. It's about what you do that only God knows. That's what's important. It needs to be between you and God. Who are you actually doing it for? Not for the people that are looking at you, but actually for God. Now, he's making an assumption here in all of these. He says, when you give to the needy, when you pray, when you fast. In other words, Jesus is assuming that you're doing these things. He doesn't have to command you to do them. He's assuming you're doing them. But when you do them, check your motives. He moves from giving to the needy to then prayer. And he says, when you pray, when you pray, and praying again in, in the church, you know, when you're around the other people with, that worship with you, or whether you're out in public, you're, you're, the goal of prayer is not to look good. Okay, It's not to heap words upon words. In fact, he says, those hypocrites... They think they'll be heard just because they say more words. Like the more words they say, the more they will be heard. Don't be like them, he says. He says to, to be calm, to be quiet, to be private. It's not about many words. And then he gives this prayer, right? This simple prayer that we pray to this day, the Lord's Prayer. And, and next week, I'm going to spend the whole time unpacking the Lord's Prayer. So I'm not going to try to do that all today. But let me just make two observations. Uh, one is just how simple and short it is. 
there's not a lot of theology in the Lord's Prayer. There, there's not a lot of uh, big issues in the Lord's Prayer. It's just this simple prayer. Prayer these, pray these basic things. And, and the other thing, we're going to unpack this more next week, but, but just notice in the Lord's Prayer the order, right? That there are three issues related to the divine, and they come first. That's important. Getting the name, the hallowed name right, getting the kingdom right, and getting God's will right. And then once you get those done, you pray the three earthly things for your daily bread, for forgiveness, for God leading you not into temptation. Keep these prayers simple, Jesus is saying. Don't pray them for everybody else, but when you pray, pray getting your relationship with God right first and your relationships on earth right second. And again, he's assuming that you're praying. He's assuming that you're taking time to communicate with God, and he's assuming direct communication with God. In other words, it doesn't have to be the pastor that prays a special prayer. I don't have any faster line to Jesus than you do. I don't have a phone number to Jesus that you don't have. It's an honor to pray with people, but but sometimes people fail to realize the power of the prayer that they have in their own lives for the things that they care about. But it's not about words, and it's, it's so easy. Let me tell you, as a pastor, it's easy for me to say the right words, to know how to pray, and to sound good when I pray. It's easy to play the games with God of sounding good in front of other people. I've tried in my life, in my spiritual life, and, and even in my life as a pastor in the church, to pray more simply, to be authentic in my prayers to be authentic in my preaching, to just talk rather than loft big words up. But but I can definitely understand, I think a lot of pastors can understand this temptation. It's not just some, it's something that everybody goes through. And theological training just means I have more words at my disposal to be tempted by. Our relationship with God, our talking to God, isn't for everybody else, it's for God. And we need to get that right. The third thing he talks about then is fasting, when you fast. Now, as Protestants, fasting is something we have very little experience with. In fact, I was one time teaching a Bible study on spiritual disciplines, and uh, somebody in the class raised their hand when we were talking about fasting, and they said, fasting, isn't that like a Catholic thing? Well, no. It's kind of a Jesus thing, right? I mean, Jesus fasted, and he talks about fasting here, and and it's a Bible thing, but it's a practice we're not as in touch with. So fasting is not, is not eating, um, maybe drinking or drinking some or drinking in the evening, but, but it's really about getting my heart right with God. Um, it, you don't fast to like starve yourself to try to force God to do what you want. But, but it's more like you fast so that when your tummy growls, you're reminded to pray. You're reminded to seek God. Okay, when the Bible talks about hungering and thirsting for righteousness, you're living that out. You're actually trying to, uh, in fasting, uh, say, it's not the earthly things that I really need. It's, it's you, God, that I really need to hunger for. That's why sometimes you fast over certain issues or uh, certain concerns in your life or certain questions, not to try to force God's hand, but just as a reminder to yourself 
to, to live into those feelings of needing God. It, it's the same kind of concept as the way uh, that the Jews used to uh, um, mourn with sackcloth, itchy clothing, and put ashes. The idea was to feel on the outside and to look on the outside what you're feeling on the inside. And that's what fasting really does. Um, so, so that's the background of fasting. What Jesus is saying when you fast, don't go announcing it. Don't go posting it on Facebook. In fact, he's accusing the hypocrites of, of like putting on makeup or, or making it look like they're going through such a hard fast, as if I'm uber spiritual because I'm fasting so hard and so much. When you start doing that, you miss out on the real spirituality of fasting. And you know what? If you do that, if you, you pray for everybody else, if you, you give so that everybody can see it, if you fast so that everybody notices it, Jesus again and again is repeating this phrase, truly, amen, this is how it is, you've already gotten your reward. The reward that you're getting, you already got in the reputation you have because you will be getting none from God. I mean, the big issue, the big question in your spirituality is, where are the rewards that you really want to have? Where do they come from? Do they come from your reputation or do they come from God? Hey, what, what are you really after? What are your motives really all about? Because it's easy to play the game. It's easy to try to live a spirituality that everybody can see, to try to look good. And man, is I, do I see that in our world right now. As our country's talking about issues of race, as there's so much anxiety, Facebook has become the new street corner. Okay, and people put signs in their yard, and people want to look like they're, they're, they're on the right side of history in these issues. And I think that is not the kind of spirituality that we as Christians are about. I mean, we need to step up. I'm not saying we don't step up, and I'm not saying we don't do it publicly. All I'm saying is that, that what Jesus is getting at here is what are your motives? Are your motives to look good? Are your motives to look right? See, this is the problem. The problem is you can do all the right things spiritually and still be wrong because your heart's in the wrong place, because your motives are in the wrong place, because it, you, you can do all the right spiritual things, but actually the Lord of your life is your reputation, not Jesus. And that is what Jesus is critiquing in these words. So he's assuming you're praying, he's assuming you're reading the Bible, he's assuming you're fasting, and, and he's giving just these three examples, but we could name a number of other things uh, that go into having a spiritual life. But all of them, what Jesus says, the, the fundamental piece, that, and he repeats it again and again and again, is not, you can't be a hypocrite. It can't be about what's going on the outside. It can't be play acting. It's got to be deep. And when we start talking about issues of race, we start talking about the anxiety and fears related to coronavirus. We start talking about where we're going as a country and some of these really challenging questions. A Facebook post isn't going to get it done. Okay, uh, 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 a sign in your yard isn't going to get it done. The only way we're going to solve these kind of big things is to really have transformed hearts. And our motives have to be that God gets the glory. And we're going to see that more in the actual Lord's Prayer because I think when Jesus gives in the middle of this the Lord's Prayer, he's laying out the real priorities that should be there for Christians. And what are they? Your name be hallowed. 
Your kingdom come, your will be done. And yes, I need daily bread. And yes, I need forgiveness and relationships. And yes, I need to deal with temptation. There's things I need to deal with in this world. But if we get the name, the kingdom, and the will right, then a lot of other stuff's going to fall in line. So we'll unpack that more next week for now. Pay attention to your motives in your spiritual life. Pay attention to who you're doing them for. And start to build your private, secret spiritual life that nobody else is a part of, that nobody else is judging, but where you can have a real deep relationship with God.